Today with Catherine Ruinala. You know, it's lovely to have conversation all, all day long with the Holy Spirit, with the Lord Himself walking with us, talking with us. He wants to be involved in our everyday situations. He loves us. He is our ever-present help in time of need. And when you understand that your time of need is all the time, you can access His help all the time. Hallelujah. But there is still a deep need in our hearts for us to allow him to make us lie down in green pastures and restore our soul. We need time with him so that he can undo the knots and give us fresh perspective, fresh bread, where he can cause us to renew our strength, to mount up on wings as eagles, to run and not grow weary, and walk and not faint, hallelujah. This is this time alone with God is the one thing the enemy is most terrified of. There, there will be nothing in your life that is more warred over in the spirit than you getting alone with God. If you think it's difficult to have time with God, you're right, because the enemy hates it. He will come up with all sorts of good, bad, and ugly things to keep you from closing the door and talking to the Father because he knows that when you get alone with God, everything becomes clear. He causes you to realize and remember who he is, who you are, the true state of things, hallelujah. And he empowers you to pray the prayer of faith. He, he lifts you up, hallelujah, and gives you strength. And so this is this powerful pattern that it gives us. Our Father, His Father and my Father. My Father, our Father, who is in heaven, way above all the drama. Oh, hooray. And that's where I'm seated too, with Him, above the drama. Hooray, in heaven. And we can think about the heavenly places. We can think about the glory of what it is like in heaven and then begin to declare, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and make declarations over our own lives, over our own circumstances. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. We can remember that the dominion that we now have been transferred into is righteousness, peace, and joy. This is my happy garden now. This is my happy space. And you can, declare, you can decree it. When there's all sorts of drama going on, you can declare, your kingdom come, your will be done. And we're doing that out of a place where we've just spent time hallowing his name, lifting him up. You know, hallowing his name is probably my favorite part of this prayer because I also know that I can't worship him without the Holy Spirit provoking me. Because the true worship that the Father's seeking is worship that's in spirit and truth. And that means I need the Holy Spirit to provoke me with fresh truth about who God is so that I can have spontaneous response, which is the worship that will please him. So I pray, give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Knowing I'll, he'll give me whatever I ask according to his will. It's absolutely his will to give me a fresh revelation of who he is. And in seeing him or knowing something fresh about him, I'm provoked 
to a fresh place of worship. Hallelujah. I hallow him. I honor him. I decree his kingdom come. Your will be done. Thank you, Lord, in my life. Righteousness, peace, and joy. I speak peace to my mind, peace to my circumstances, joy to my heart, in my family, in my circumstances, in my work, in my city, in my nation, in the nations. Hallelujah. Give us this day our daily bread. And we've gone through piece by piece this beautiful template. And we can ask, ask about everything. And when you start to ask, you begin to realize perhaps that you've done a lot of worrying and not actual asking. But there's so many things you can ask about. The Bible tells us we have not because we ask not. And so as you begin to ask, you begin to realize, wow, Yes, oh, and we're praying not as beggars anymore, but we're praying as people who've had a fresh revelation of his glory and his majesty and a a fresh revelation of who we are to him, hallelujah. So we ask knowing that he is there wanting to bless us and give us a gift, knowing that he is there wanting to help us, embrace us, our good father. And we can ask with confidence. And then we pray, Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And I I shared a little bit about that last week. And that the beauty of actually being able to come before the Lord and, and see if there's anything in your heart that is causing you to feel guilty that perhaps you need to adjust. That's a good thing. You know, if you're carrying on with something that is not holy or righteous, God wants to help you recognize it because it's causing you pain. It's actually causing the alarm of your conscience to go off because you weren't created to live in sin. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So if your conscience is going off going, you can come before the Lord and say, Lord, is there anything I'm doing that's not right, that's not pleasing? And he can show you. And you can repent and turn away from it and say, thank you, God, you've delivered me from sin. Hooray. And just as you've forgiven me, given me this incredible gift of mercy and forgiveness, I can forgive those who sin against me. I can forgive my debtors, it says in some translations, which helps me. Anyone I feel owes me a debt. Like sometimes I'm a justice person, so sometimes I feel like they owe me a debt of at least acknowledging what they did was wrong. At least if they could acknowledge or you know, ask for forgiveness. But the moment I see that, I recognize that's a debt. I feel they owe me, I can forgive it. Oh, so Lord, I come before you, I don't ignore the pain. God, that was really painful, that really hurt. But I thank you, Lord, you understand my grief, you understand my pain, and I, pre- I don't hide it from you, I present it to you saying, help, heal me, God, heal my heart. Hi friends, I hope you've been enjoying our programs and that they're filling your heart with love and hope. This program's being watched around the world and we're hearing great testimonies about salvations, physical healings, deliverances, relationships restored and circumstances turning around supernaturally. I'd love to hear your testimony. Send us an email at info at so we can rejoice with you. Why not visit our website and sign up for our regular email newsletter filled with encouragement. 
Find me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, and watch our church services on Facebook and YouTube every week. I'd love to be able to connect with you. You know, He loves those that hurt you just as much as He loves you. Amazing revelation. He loves our enemies with the same love He has for us. Wow. Doesn't mean we have to trust them or, or put them back in a, a place where they can, they can re-offend, but we can forgive and we can let it go and we can love them. And for me, I look at it, I, I look at it as though there's a big glass wall and God has hemmed me in, he's hedged me in, he keeps me. He surrounds me with his favor as with his shield. The blood of Christ has kept me. The blood of Jesus, like the, the blood that was put on the doorposts on the Passover is now over me. And anything that's been done against me is now on the other side of that. And me here, I'm in the place of righteousness, peace, and joy. And pain and things that have happened to me are put on the other side. I've forgiven, it's on the other side. Sins I've done, they're on the other side. They can't touch me now. And so when the enemy comes and he wants to remind me or replay the pain I've been through and wants me to go over again in my head the injustice or the hurt or the pain, I'm able to recognize it now and go, hang on, that's from the other side. This is my righteousness, peace, and joy garden. That, that track is only trying to re-traumatize me. Oh, I see what you're doing. No, in the name of Jesus, thank you. Oh, thank God I'm free from that. Isn't it great that I don't have to be traumatized by that anymore? Hallelujah. I actually say that to myself when I notice myself going down a track. Oh, hooray. Thank God I don't have to go over that again. Thank God I don't have to be re-traumatized by that anymore. Hallelujah. And it's a little bit like the psychological warfare that I shared about the other week. Tom and I had watched a movie, a, a Tom Hanks movie called Greyhound, and it was about, and I was talking with Pastor James about this. He used to be a, um, a navigator on a battleship. Actually, the young, one of the youngest navigators um, in the New Zealand Navy. And I asked him about this because I was like, tell me, is it accurate? And he said, yes, actually, it was pretty good. Um, but in this movie, they were, these battleships would have to escort convoys of ships across the Atlantic while German U-boats would be attacking them in packs, they'd call wolf packs, and they'd be torpedoing these merchant ships and troop um, ships, trying to carry soldiers across to the war, trying to carry supplies across to, the, the, uh, across to England. And for a, a number of days, they couldn't get air cover from America or England because it was just too far from either country. And they had this piece of water that was called the Black Pit that they had to go across for several days without air cover and, and dealing with submarines. And all they could do was like throw depth charges and try to hit these submarines that were, were stalking these ships and thousands and thousands of ships were lost. 
And I, I quite liked the movie because uh, the captain was a Christian in the movie and he would pray, and I like that. But um, one of the things that stood out to me was during the night, as ships were being sunk and the, the submarines were around, the enemy actually took over and tuned into the radio waves and started with the psychological warfare. And they would come over the radio in the ship and they'd say, oh, we are the wolf pack. We've just taken down two of your ships. You don't, don't you think you're gonna make it through the night? You have no hope. Your wives are going to be husbandless. Your children are going to be fatherless. And they'd, they'd just intimidate them with psychological warfare. And it's something that's gone on since the beginning of time. This concept of psychological warfare, uh, we were reading about it the other day in Second Kings, when um, Sennacherib, from the king of Assyria, was coming against Hezekiah. Uh, you can read about it in Second Kings chapter 19. And Rabshakeh was sent by the king of Assyria, and his job, his skill, was psychological warfare. His job was to stand outside the city and start to intimidate the people. And he'd go for it saying, don't think your God can deliver you. No God's delivered anybody from the hands of the Assyrians before. Don't listen to your king, he'll lie to you. He'll say, trust in the Lord your God, but you're better off just surrendering and coming with us and letting us take you into captivity. And, um, and then if that wasn't enough, um, the king of Assyria would send intimidating letters saying, ah, you're going, you, this is it, I'm coming to take you over. And, and that psychological warfare is something that enemies have used against each other continually in warfare. But we as believers are subject to this form of psychological warfare all the time. This, this enemy prowls around like this wolf pack, like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And you can't always see him. He's like a submarine in the ocean. You can't see it. But he'll come and he'll start with the psychological warfare. Sometimes it'll look like trying to remind you of a pain or of a, an offense that you've had and get you start just somehow trick you into going down that path of replaying the offense so that you get re-traumatized all over again, all emotional about it all over again and re-traumatized. Has anyone ever experienced this? It's psychological warfare designed to rob you of peace and joy. The reason they do this psychological warfare is because if they can intimidate you and bring fear, they can weaken your defense. And the enemy is looking to take you out of peace. He's looking to rob, steal, and destroy. He wants to steal your peace, your joy, and your righteousness. He wants to take over the kingdom. But you are living now in the kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy. And he comes to attack you with thoughts of sin, temptation. That's why Jesus says, pray this, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. In other words, he wants to help us recognize when the enemy is attacking so that we can see it for what it is and 
change the channel so that we can shut down the warfare and not allow it to steal us of our peace and joy. When the captain on the ship would hear the psychological warfare being played, he'd instruct the people to quickly change the frequency and drown it out, tune to another frequency so that the, the psychological warfare couldn't come. And as we pray, Lord, lead us not into temptation, we're praying, Lord, help us discern when I start being taken down a track so that I can recognize it quickly and refuse to go there and instead enforce the kingdom in my dominion, enforce the righteousness, peace, and joy that I'm empowered to decree. Hallelujah. So when the enemy comes and says, let's, let's fantasize about this sin, Let's get real. Let's say the enemy comes and wants to try to, to tempt you into fantasizing about something sexual with someone that's not your husband or wife. The point of that, of him doing that, is to steal your righteousness, to bring you into guilt and condemnation, to destroy your marriage through comparison. And there is nothing good that, that is gonna come from it. But he wants to tempt you to go down that track, making you think it's gonna bring you comfort when in fact it's going to only gonna bring you pain. So the moment you see it, you can go, I see what this is. This is psychological warfare. No, that's in the old life. That's over the wall. I've been delivered by the, from that by the blood of Jesus. Righteousness, peace, and joy is mine. Holy Spirit, you're my help. You make a way of escape out of every temptation, so I look to you. Help me now. Help me to have a pure thought that's gonna replace this, this ugly lie. Hallelujah. There might be another, another track he takes you down. It might be um, fear. Let's have a think about what would happen if this happened? And get you so bound up in fear that you're all emotionally worked up about something that hasn't even happened. That is psychological warfare designed to rob peace and joy, righteousness, peace and joy from your heart. But when we pray, lead us not into temptation, we're praying, Lord, help me see, deliver us from evil, help me to recognize the voice of the evil one. You said, Lord, that your sheep hear your voice and the voice of another they won't follow. So Lord, I thank you, I don't have to follow that voice. Help me not to be deceived into uh, going down these tracks that the enemy is trying to lead me down, hallelujah. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is such a powerful prayer. I've been really intentionally praying this for quite some time now. Deliver us from evil. Deliver me from evil, evil that I don't even recognize in my own heart. Evil judgments I've had towards people. Evil ways of thinking, patterns in my life. Show me, Lord, deliver me from evil. Deliver me from evil. Those things or those people in my life even that I don't recognize, but that you know are not good for me, deliver me. 
Deliver me from evil. Deliver me from evil, from every wicked thing. You make a way of escape out of every uh, evil attack. God, you are the one who is my keeper. So I pray, Lord, deliver me from evil. And as I've prayed this, I've noticed God shift things around to, to bring freedom, hallelujah. I, I've learned that as I pray, deliver me from evil, I'm giving God permission to come into my world, my space, and set me free from things that have been deceiving me, things that, are, that I don't even understand. But then I can also pray, deliver me from evil, every evil attack, God, from sickness, from pain, from grief, anything that's going on. It's often at this point that I pull out my communion and I take the bread and I take the, the cup and I look at the bread and I think, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, you bore all of my sorrows. You bore all of my griefs. Every, every sickness that I had that would try to come against my body, you bore it in your body. So Lord, in the name of Jesus, deliver us from evil. I speak over my own body, any cell in your body that's not healthy and whole, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. Lord, you deliver me from evil. I speak health over my body. And I pray, I pray for our family. Lord, deliver us from evil. Any bad influences around my kids, Lord, deliver them from evil. You know what? It's a powerful prayer. Lord, any, any struggles that they might be having, deliver them from evil. I pray over our church, I pray over our city. God, deliver us from evil. Keep us from this horrible virus. Lord, deliver us from evil, every evil attack. Lord, protect us, keep us. And we can pray these powerful prayers. And I take the bread and I remind God, I put all my concerns on him and I eat the bread thinking, God, I'm part of the body of Christ. And I pray then for the whole body the beautiful body of Christ. Thank you for the privilege of being part of the body of Christ. Lord, deliver your body from evil. Lord, you said you want your glory to cover the earth as the water covers the sea. So Lord, deliver the church from evil. Let the voices of the church not be silenced, but Lord, enlarge our territory. And I pray the Jabez prayer. Lord, bless us indeed. Enlarge our territory. Let your hand be with us and keep us from evil that we may not cause or experience pain. And I, I use every step of this prayer to launch me off into all sorts of other beautiful prayers that I find in the Word of God, speaking it, praying it. Lord, bless us indeed. God, I'm asking that you'd bless us as this local expression of your body. Bless us indeed. Enlarge our territory. Let your hand be with us, God. We need your help and your favor. Lord, we ask that you'd bless us to increase and, and see your name lifted up, that many more would be saved and healed and delivered. And, and, and I use it, this template, to launch me, however the Holy Spirit leads me that day. And God wants to help you in your prayer life. As you pray, Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God might surprise you with how he wants to set you free. There might be things that you've just thought were normal that suddenly become very uncomfortable. But you think, I just can't watch that anymore because God's delivering you from evil. Hallelujah. You're giving him opportunity. And it's a powerful and a beautiful prayer to pray. Lord, deliver us from evil. That is 
every attack, even the things I've been putting up with. Maybe you've been struggling with your sleep. You don't have to put up with that. Pray, Lord, deliver us from evil. Deliver me from evil. And, and ask him, help me, Lord, to lie down and sleep in peace. Thank you, Lord, that you give your beloved sleep. Or whatever it might be. If you've been struggling with discouragement or despair, that is an evil thing trying to rob you. It's from the other side. And as you pray, deliver us from evil, the Holy Spirit will help you recognize what it is. And remember, that's over there and it doesn't have to touch me anymore. I thank you for righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. You can, you can recognize and stop putting up with what the enemy would love you to carry. He'd love you to be weighed down, carrying frustration, sadness, loneliness, rejection, discouragement. So many believers walk around with this, just sitting on them, trying to have happy, fruitful lives, yet carrying these weights of, I feel rejected, I feel unimportant, I feel unloved, I feel, I feel lonely, I feel sad, I feel scared, I feel... I feel unspiritual. I don't feel like I've got very much faith. All of these weights are what the Lord wants to deliver you from. Lord, deliver us from evil. You watch. He'll start to identify those things in you and help you see it and go, oh, I've been carrying this. It's actually on the other side. Hooray, I've been set free from that. Hallelujah. I don't have to wear that. I don't have to have that. Thank you, Lord. It's been remarkable for me this a picture of this wall has been really, really helpful for me because as soon as I identify anything that's not righteousness, peace, and joy, I can rejoice. Oh, thank God I don't have to deal with that. When I'm feeling, again, pain or bitterness or unforgiveness, I can remember, no, I've forgiven, that's over there. Oh, thank God I don't have to go down that track anymore. That's good. We'll shut that down, change the channel. <sighs> And think about what's it feel like to actually be free, to actually have peace. Oh, that feels nice. That feels good. What does it feel like not to feel condemned, not to feel guilty or inadequate or not enough? What does it feel like to be as he is in this world right now? That's what God wants for you, to live in perfect freedom, to live in supernatural peace, supernatural joy. He wants you to walk free and live free.